Well, today we are going to begin a journey together, and this journey we're going to call Elementary Discipleship, and a lot of you have heard about it, and we're going to embark on it today, but I thought the best way to start the journey was just a word of prayer. So God, we just pray that you would lead us, that you would guide us, be our disciple maker, and then God, I pray that in return that we would be able to not only be disciples, but that we would be able to be disciple builders. Help us understand today, God, what, what it means to be a disciple, and then God, help us to understand how do we begin this process, and how do we uh, embark on this journey. So God, lead us, uh, give us your wisdom today, and uh, help us to enjoy the process. And we pray this together in the name of Jesus. Amen. Am I the only one who makes things harder than they should be? Uh, especially when it comes to building things. How many of you uh, are more likely to jump into the project first and read directions later? Anybody like that? Uh, I have been that way over the years, where uh, whether it be Christmas toys or uh, maybe a gas grill or Ikea furniture. Anybody know what I'm saying about that? I think in hell there's going to be a special place where all they'll do is build Ikea furniture. That's, that's your job, like build Ikea furniture and you'll never get out of it. And then they'll, they'll stick you in one of their stores too. You'll, you'll never get out. You'll, have to, you'll be lost and you'll have to build furniture. It'll be terrible. But, but I have had this tendency to do this and when I'm building something, I'll get involved in the project. I'll put the, all of the pieces out there and I'll just assume in my mind that I'll know how to put it together and I'll get started in the process and I'll jump right in and, and, and I won't look at the directions and I won't look at the picture and by the end there are often more parts left over right uh, something usually has to be taken apart and then redone and ultimately I find myself having to go back to the directions and by the way it is amazing when you see the picture on the front of the directions and you follow them it's amazing how much easier the process is and this is what I feel like when it comes to the area of discipleship, because for many of us, we struggle to understand the concept of discipleship, and then we also struggle to figure out, well, not only do I not know the concept, but I don't know how to do it. I don't know what this means for me, and I don't know what it means for other people, and so we struggle with this. But let's think back to the original context when Jesus said, go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them and teaching them to obey all that I've commanded you. When he said that, who did he say it to? He said it to a group of individuals who had actually been following him for three years. They had understood who he was. They were learning about him. They were growing in knowledge of him, but also they were watching how he interacted with people and how he loved people. He was modeling for them, and they were following that uh, model. And so when Jesus said, go make disciples to this group of individuals, they had a concept about what that means. But here's what I think. I think that somewhere along the way, that especially in our American context, that we have uh, distorted the picture of what a disciple is. And we're not sure what it means. And so one of the ways that we think about discipleship is, if I say, well, what's a disciple? Some people think, well, that means I'm a church attender. And so for a lot of people, they think I'm a disciple if I just attend church. And, and we now know this statistically, that the average person who considers themselves a, a church member, church goer across our country, is there on average 1.6 times a month. 
and they're and you see them out at the mall or something like hey how's it going they're like hey what's up preacher hey good to see you i haven't seen you for a while but do you love access church oh yeah i love it i mean is this your church home oh yeah i love it well i only see you like one and a half times a month i don't know how they get the point six but you know and and that's just the way it is these days because why the church has become more about an event that you attend than a team that you're a part of and because of that we also evaluate the event we evaluate the event we think well i didn't really like that message or on a scale of one to ten i was about a six i think you could have done better today or that worship i didn't really like that song why do we always do that song why couldn't we do a different song we evaluate it just like going to the theater or to a movie I went to a movie recently with uh, Lisa. We were going to go out, and I said, uh, you have some choices to make, and I'm going to give you three options, all right? You can go see Star Wars, which is what I really wanted to see, and I still haven't seen it. That was number one. Number two, we could go see Jumanji, because that's funny. We're going to enjoy that. I think that'll be great. Or, and I was willing to relent on this one, we could go see Frozen 2. I know. You know, you know what she said? cats i know cats so out of all those options i mean that wasn't even on the list that wasn't even like other that wasn't d so we went to go see cats (laughs) amen because i'm a good husband and it's the worst movie ever don't go see that movie all right and uh, it's a terrible movie it's creepy if you don't i already don't like cats i hated the movie more if that's possible okay Now, when you watch a performance like that, or you see something, immediately you evaluate the performance. You say, I didn't like that. I I wish they hadn't done that. That was ridiculous. That was super creepy. I don't like these humans walking around like cats. And when we come into church, because we see it sometimes, discipleship, the picture of discipleship has become about an event where we're spectators. We evaluate the event. And we say, well, I didn't like this, or I didn't like that. But listen, Jesus didn't say, go make attenders he said go make disciples another way we distorted the picture is sometimes we think well maybe jesus meant go make converts and in american church culture especially that's kind of been the goal how many people accepted christ this year and that is a good goal and that's part of it but that's only one piece of a much bigger process and so we say well well that person is now converted but remember jesus didn't say go make converts he said go make disciples For other people, they think, well, it's a list of rules and regulations. If I keep the rules and regulations that Jesus gave, then then I'm a disciple, right? I followed them to the letter of the law, then I'm a disciple. But didn't Jesus have an issue with some people in the New Testament over that? They were called Pharisees. They kept all the regulations to the letter of the law, but they didn't have love in their heart, and they really weren't truly following Jesus. They were just trying to follow the religious regulations. So Jesus didn't say, go make those follow my rules. And so we've distorted this picture. And for some people, they think, well, it's knowledge. And if I just, you know, disciple, the word itself means a learner. And so because of that, I'm going to be a learner. I'm going to gain all the knowledge in the world, and I'm going to know all the right things to do. And I'm going to have all the head knowledge. But how many of you know, there are a lot of people that might know chapter and verse, but maybe it has not been acclimated into their life and their experience in other words they might know a lot but but sometimes the bible says knowledge puffs up but love builds up 
And so what that means is sometimes we focus too much on the knowledge and we forget to imitate Christ and how he loved people, then we aren't truly a disciple. And what I'm saying is that if we're going to make and build and be disciples, then we have to understand what is a disciple. We have to move away from the distorted picture of what we conceptualize this as in our country in particular. And by the way, around the world, discipleship is happening. Josh and I recently were at a conference called discipleship.org and where we saw uh, Shadonke Johnson speak. And Shadonke is leading really a, a world-changing movement in his area in Sierra Leone as individuals are discipling other individuals. And it is an amazing thing to watch. They have very little infrastructure, but they have this incredible mission that they're a part of so it is happening around the world but in our context our paradigm is church is an event that i'm going to attend on average 1.6 times a month that i'll evaluate and then therefore i'm a disciple and so we have to have a clear picture in our mind we have to look at the front of the directions and say what is the picture like and so if i just ask you today quickly and if i just said well how would you define disciple how would you define disciple Think about that. Some people would say a learner. Some people would say a follower. I think those are both right. Some people would say uh, that it's someone who tells other people about Jesus, and all those things are right. But I think in order for us to come to a conclusion, we need to be able to say, let's be on the same page. Let's try to define this thing in the same way. First hour, I ask everybody, how would you define a disciple? I got a couple words, and then it was just totally silent. Everybody just looked up at me like, I don't really know. And I think that's the challenge, isn't it? Because it's very difficult to build what you can't define, right? In fact, if I said today, I'm going to uh, break this group up into four different groups, and I'm going to put wood in front of each of the groups today, and I'm going to give you the raw material that you need, and I'm going to say to each group, I want you to build a table. Okay? I want you to build a table. Now, I'm not going to tell you what the picture of it looks like. I'm not going to tell you what the size. I'm not going to tell you what the legs should look like. And in fact, not only that, I'm not going to give you any tools to do the job. How many of you think you'd be successful at building a table? And I really feel like most, a lot of the people who when Jesus says, go make disciples, while the disciples might have had a concept of that, many of us, it's like throwing raw material out there. We don't really know how are we going to build this. How are we going to do it? And do we have the tools to do it? And so I think we have to start with coming together around a definition. And so we're going to define discipleship. Jim Putman, who wrote the foreword of our book uh, from Real Life Ministries, says this. The definition is in the invitation. The definition is in the invitation. And I love that concept. And, and it really comes from Mark chapter 1, verse 16, where Jesus first calls his disciples. And he's walking there on the Sea of Galilee, and it says, Passing alongside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, the brother of Simon, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, and I want us to read this out loud together, Come, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. That was the calling that Jesus gave these first disciples, and immediately they left their nets and they followed him. Come, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And so when you see that definition or that invitation, we see the definition within it. We just 
when we started thinking about, well, what is the definition of discipleship? We went back to the source. If Jesus is the ultimate and the original disciple maker, shouldn't we define a disciple how he defined a disciple? A disciple, we say, is someone who chooses to follow Jesus. Jesus said, come follow me. Come follow me. This is someone who crosses the line. Somebody who says, I'm going to choose to follow Jesus. But how many of you realize, is this a one-time event or is this a lifetime event? It's lifetime. If you're going to choose to follow Jesus, it's not just a one-time, I'm going to cross the line, I'm in, and, and uh, just as I am, I'm here. No, he says, this is a lifetime event. Come follow me, follow me with your entire life. And then, a disciple is not just someone who's been, who's, who chooses to follow Jesus. It's someone who is changed by Jesus in community with others. Notice what he says, come follow me and I will make you. And notice who is the I in that conversation? Jesus, you know, right? That's usually the right answer when you're in church. Um, I, that's Jesus, all right? And he says, will make you. And so he's promising you, I will do something. What's he going to do? I will make you. I will change you. I will develop you. I will make you into something different, okay? That's the process of discipleship. And then he says, I'm going to make what? Who? You. And when he says you, he's not just referring to Simon. He's not just referring to Andrew. He's referring to Simon and Andrew and James and John and other followers. And he says, I'm going to make you. And what we learn is discipleship is never done in isolation. It's done in community. It's done in relationship. And so Jesus said, I'm going to make you. So choose to follow Jesus. And then you're changed by Jesus in community with others. And then he says, I'm going to make you fishers of men. Jesus says, I want you to be on mission with me. I want you to be on mission with me. I want you to go reach the world for me. And so that's really the disciple definition. It's, it's in the invitation. It's someone who chooses to follow Jesus, someone who's changed by Jesus in community with others, and someone who's on mission with Jesus. And so that's going to be our working definition that we're going to have not only during this series, but ongoing. And here's what you're going to notice. This has been the definition that Axis has worked on from day one of Axis Church. We just express it a little bit differently. Years ago, I was watching a, a PBS interview with um, Steve Wynn, who developed the Wynn Resorts in Las Vegas. Uh, he's also the guy who had a little difficulty with his eyes, and he had bought an expensive painting one day at an auction, and it, accidentally he fell back into it and kind of broke it a bit. You know, it's a rough day at the office when you spend millions of dollars on a painting. Anyway, I was watching this interview with him, and, and, and he was just about to open the Wynn Resort there in Las Vegas. And they said, Steve Wynn, what's the difference between your hotel and all the other hotels? Hear what he said. I will never forget. He said, uh, not a lot. We both have maids. We have housekeeping. We have good uh, food. We have nice rooms. We have a uh, good casino. But then is what, here's what he said. He said, but the difference is it's all about expression. And I thought that was interesting because as a leader, we always like to think we're creating new stuff, right? The Bible says there's nothing new under the sun. We always like that we're, we're being the most creative. But it's all about expression. And so how do we as a church express this uh, call to be a disciple and, and to make disciples? We call it this way, 
explore, experience, express. How many of you ever heard of that? Please raise your hand. Oh, you're disheartening, so disheartening. Anyway, this is, uh, if you've been a starting point, you've heard that, by the way. And, uh, and what we say is, we want to explore faith in Jesus. We want to experience life-changing relationships with God and others. And we want to express the love of God to the world. Now, the way that we've uh, drawn this, we've kind of visually drawn it as a cross here in the middle. That always helps me, because I'm not a great drawer, so it helps me to start there. And then from there, I've uh, drawn out the X in our name, Axis, and our mission is to revolve the world around Jesus one life at a time. And so I like to say, this reminds me of like a person, right, with a huge body and apparently a little head. But, but this is what we think of, all right? This is, and we, we say that we want everyone here to explore faith in God, to experience relationships, and to express the love of God to the world. And when we say this, we say the, the foundational step is explore. Come follow me. Again, it's a lifetime pursuit. Come follow me. Explore faith in God. Well, this is the foundational step, all right? The feet. It's what keeps it solid and grounded. You know the truth. You know God. And then we want you to experience relationships with God and others. And we want them to be life-changing relationships. We call this the heart of the matter. This is really where the rubber meets the road because now you're involved with people, you're accountable, you're encouraging one another, you're in relationship with others. We are a relational discipleship model like Jesus had. And so we want people to be experiencing these relationships. But then we want you to express the love of God to the world. Express the love of God to the world. That's why these arms are like outstretched arms to the world, we want to be able to express God's love to other people. Now, to put some scriptures on this, here's, here's some scriptures that we use for each of these concepts. Now, under explore, or communion with God, we use Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 29, which says, But if from there you seek the Lord, your God, you will find him if you look for him with all your heart and with all your soul. You're seeking the Lord. You're exploring faith. Come follow me. Philippians 3.10, Paul said, I want to know Christ, and I want to know the power of his resurrection. And so I want to follow Christ. I want to know Christ. I want to develop in Christ's likeness. Every disciple of Jesus is committed to growing in their relationship with God. Then, under experienced relationships, we want this community with others. 1 Thessalonians 2.8, look what it says. It says, we loved you so much that we were delighted to share with you two things. Not only the gospel of God, not only faith, but our lives as well. So it was within the context of community that they were sharing with one another, loving one another, encouraging one another, and they were being accountable with one another. Every disciple of Jesus is involved in life-changing, authentic relationships. Every disciple of Jesus is committed to growing in their relationship with God, and every disciple of Jesus is involved in life-changing, authentic relationships. And then we express the love of God to the world. This is our commitment to his mission. He says, come follow me, and I will make you, I will make all of you, I will change you, I will make you fishers of men and women. In other words, I will send you out to the world, you will have a new mission, you will have a new life. And I think one of my favorite verses has now become Galatians chapter 5, verse 6, which says the only thing that matters is faith expressing itself in love. That's the only thing that matters faith expressing itself in love now when and so when we say e expressing 
uh, love, we say that every disciple of Jesus is committed to following the command and example of Jesus to go make disciples. So everybody is committed to fulfill the mission of Jesus. I mean, how many of you think it would have been strange if Jesus had said to his disciples, come follow me and I will make you? And then they just go. They're like, okay, we're going to make me what? I don't know, but we're going. That would have been weird. Come follow me and I will make you what? And this is what happens for many times because you know which one of the three of these is the most difficult. It's not exploring faith because a lot of people like to do that. They like to know more. They like to understand more. And they also wanna, they want their faith to develop. When it comes to relationships, okay, we get that. We want to be in relationships with other people. We enjoy other people. But wait a minute. Now you want me to go be fishers of people? You want me to tell other people the mission? You want me to be on mission with you, Jesus? This would be like in the military if you say, hey, guys, we want you to learn how to handle your weapon. We want you to learn how to, like, do the right things. We want you to march. We want you to learn about the people around you. Secondly, we want you to learn to rely on one another. We want you to, you know, just to, to do your job with each other, have a team, kind of a focus. And then that's it. We don't want you to do anything with that. We just want you to hang out, enjoy each other, learn more about your weapon, learn more about what it means, but we're not actually on mission to each other and, and or to the world. And this, friends... I think is the primary reason why churches in particular in our culture are struggling. They like to do this, they like to do this, but when it comes to actually fulfilling the mission, they leave it there. Jesus did not say, come follow me and I will make you nothing. He said, come follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And so first thing we have to do as we embark on this journey together is we have to understand how do we define a disciple, someone who is follows Jesus, is changed by Jesus in community with others, and someone who's on mission with Jesus. But we also have to then say, all right, now let's open the pages. Let's not just look at the picture on the front of the directions. Let's get into the directions, and let's see what does Jesus say about what a disciple is. Now, this is difficult because, because so many of us have struggled in church leadership. There are very few models in America, in the American church experience right now, that, that are doing this, although there are more and more that are starting to, but there are few, because again, church has become about an event. And so Josh and I started on a, on a journey. We, we started Access Church saying, hey, we want to be a relational discipleship model, <laughs> but both of us struggled to understand exactly what that was going to mean. And so we just embarked on this journey of understanding and learning and trying to process through what does it mean to be disciples of Jesus. And, 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 and we, lear- we were learning communities and all this, and praying about it. And through all of that, we saw what other people are doing. And we say, man, what is, what is the heart of this? And one day we just sat down at the conference table that was in the other building. And we took a whiteboard and two Bibles. And we just said, let's just look back and see what the original disciple maker did. Because if not only is he going to define discipleship for us, he's going to give us the directions. And so we started walking through the Gospels. Not only did we walk through the Gospels, we in particularly landed on the Gospel of John, all right? Because if Jesus is the original disciple maker, then shouldn't we follow his directions? And so how does he do it? And so what we discovered was that Jesus laid out some directions on this idea of being and making disciples. And so we put it together in what we call these nine elements of discipleship, okay? Now, what I want you to know is this is not like a step one through nine. Once you're done, you're done. 
okay? This is more like a cycle. This is more like a process. It's a lifelong process of going back through these things over and over and over again, all right? And today, I just want to give you a real quick overview. Now, luckily, um, they, they worked out where there happened to be three under each one of these, which is good for me because I'm a bit more of a strategic, systematic thinker. It would have really messed with my mind if there was like three, three, and one. I would have been out on that. That would have been really hard for me. But there are three, three, and three, and that makes it easier, and here's what they are. And on this, they're from bottom up, and on this, they're from the top down. But the first one is the crown. The crown, discovering the greater kingdom, understanding that there are two worldviews out there, and you have to choose who's your king. Secondly, the net. The net is when the disciples drop their nets, and and this is where we really evaluate the cost of following Jesus, and then the calling, the greater calling that God has for your life. What does it mean to follow Jesus? What is his purpose for your life? And then we talk about the gift, and the gift is this idea of actually crossing the line, saying, I accept the gift. I I want what God has given me. And these are the foundational steps. This is is what you understand when you say, I want to be a follower of Jesus. Come follow me. These are the foundational kind of principles and elements of following Jesus. And then we get into the heart of the matter, the relational aspect of this, and we call these three elements the bread, which is examining and applying the Bible, Because a lot of times in the Bible, they refer to the words of God as the bread of life, the things that provide nourishment for your souls. And so we're going to learn, how do you study and learn from the Bible? We're going to give you some real tools for that. And then the stone. The stone is where the individuals drop the stones because Jesus said, ye who has no sin, you cast the first stone. You stone this woman who's been caught in the act of adultery. And all of them walked away because they realized that they weren't perfect either. And in that, we see this idea of God's grace. And and what we talk about there is just the ability to build bridges with people, not walls. And to pick up a towel, not stones. And then we talk about the voice, connecting to God through prayer. Everybody wants to know, how do we pray? What do we do? What does Jesus teach about that? And so we're going to talk about that under the voice. Jesus said, those who follow me, they know my voice. So it's not just a matter of speaking, it's a matter of hearing. And those are the relational aspects. And then we go into the expressing the love of God to the world. And the first one is the towel, becoming a servant, where Jesus picked up the towel, washed the disciples' feet. And we're going to learn, what does it mean to have the heart and the hands and the head of Jesus that serves other people in your spheres of influence? And then the fruit. The fruit is about how do you stay in this thing for the long haul? How do you develop deep roots so that therefore you have fruit that lasts and is important and really, really matters and really makes a difference? And we have some tools in there that are going to help you kind of evaluate that in your own life. And then finally, the mission sharing the good news with other people, doing it in love, serving other people, developing deep roots, and then sharing the love of God with other people, reduplicating the process that God has done in your life and the lives of other people. And so that's an overview of the next 10 weeks, what we're going to be looking at together as we understand what does it mean to be a disciple of Jesus. And our goal is that you would be disciples of Jesus and that you would be equipped and unleashed to be disciple makers. So that you would not just be exploring faith or experiencing relationships, but that you would be on mission with Jesus. And that takes time. Jesus invested a lot of time in his disciples. One researcher evaluated the amount of time that Jesus spent healing people or or teaching people or whatever versus his time with his disciples. And they said 73% of Jesus' time was spent modeling and leading 
his disciples. It was his number one thing outside of going to the cross, was helping set up a group of guys so that they would be able then to really, literally change the world. And I love Jesus' strategy because after three years, he goes, all right, I'm done. He goes to heaven, and (laughs) these guys are left with, wow, what do we do now? Well, here's the good news. He'd given them three years, three years. And so what we know is that Jesus knew that spiritual maturity does not happen in isolation. Spiritual maturity is modeled in relationship. And so here's what we're asking. We're asking that you join a group. Join a community group that's already up and running. All of our community groups are going to be going through elementary discipleship. Or grab a book, grab a few from some, for some friends, and do a work group. Go at your work and say, hey, would you guys be willing to take this journey with us? There are some questions in there at the end of each chapter. And, and, and learn together, grow together, discover together, and then duplicate that process in the lives of other people. Now, I talked in the beginning about following directions. Yes, we have a picture. We now understand what the definition of discipleship is. And yes, we have directions, and we're going to be learning those and, and processing those over the next several weeks. But, but, but following directions is not just about building something, is it? It's a lot of times it's about going somewhere, right? There are two ways to think about directions. Either I could follow directions to be able to build something, or I could, I could follow directions to be able to go somewhere. There's a destination that's involved. A couple years ago, we went to Quetico, Canada. Some of you guys are going to be taking that trip here in a, in a few months, I understand. And so we went to Quetico, Canada, and I went with my brothers and other uh, of, of the men in our family and we're all going to go together and it's a it's an awesome difficult challenging fun bonding trip together you fly up uh, to uh, one of the northern states you get out you take your you go to the outfitter you they they take you on a boat and all of your canoes up to a certain area drop you off and say good luck guys we'll see you at a certain time in a certain place we'll come back to pick you up all right And so the destination between where they drop you off and where they pick you up, you've got to figure that out. And it's not like just taking one little canoe across one little lake and you end up at the other side and say, guys, we're here. I could do that. We're talking about multiple lakes, multiple options, figuring out how much time it will take you to get there, charting your course. Now, everybody on the trip had different jobs. Some were wood gatherers. Some were water collectors and purifiers. Some were cooks one was a doctor but i think the most important job of the trip was the navigator because the navigator took out these maps and like almost like a little compass or something like hey looking 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 like where are we gonna go where are we gonna go and and one of our guys got injured during the trip so like oh we gotta figure that out because he really cut his we gotta figure this out we gotta take a little different course and so they're charting the course my brother jonathan happened to be the navigator it's a good thing, because if I had been the navigator, we'd be like, you know, across the lake. They'd be like, well, what are we doing? I'm like, I don't know. We're just going across the lake. This is going to be fun. So we're like going across this lake, and then we make it. And, and it's amazing, because he's like, I think that landmark over there, that, that bump in that hill or something, that's where we're headed. I think that's where we're going to portage out, pull out all of our stuff, get out of our canoes. We're going to walk our canoes and all of our stuff across this, and we're going to go down here. We're going to get back in this other lake, and now we're going to go across there. And that's what we did. And we kept going, and we just, like, trusted the navigator that we're going to make it to our destination. Now, one of the reasons we enjoyed the trip is because you're with a, with a group of people, right? You're arm in arm. We're going to do this together. It's fun. 
We're going to be in a group. We're going to love each other. We're going to have a relationship with each other. We're going to have hard times, good times, fun times. Let's go. Okay? But, and, and by the way, there were also other difficulties because um, you're fighting the elements and there was weather problems sometimes and sometimes we're threatened to be blown off course and, and you have to rearrange and refigure out how you're going to do it. It's challenging. You've got to face injuries and hardship. But I can tell you this, even with all of that, I never feared that we weren't going to make it to our destination because I simply rested in and trusted the navigator. That wasn't my job. That was his job. And when you rest and trust the navigator, it allows the process to be easier along the way. And this is the way I feel about discipleship. Because there, it is going to be difficult at times. There are going to be things that want to take you off course. There are going to be things that you didn't expect. There's going to be hardship that might happen or storms that might happen or there might be something that threatens to blow you off course. But when you trust the navigator who knows how to get you to the destination, you're allowed to rest in the process because you know that you can trust the one who has already charted the way. And then, as a big bonus, you get to do it arm in arm with other people and join together with them as you learn what it means to, to be a disciple of Jesus and what it means to build disciples of Jesus. And so that's the process that we're a part of. We're asking all of you to join that process. We're asking all of you over the next several weeks in your community groups to work through the book together, to be reading together, processing together, asking the questions, or then, and then always think in your mind, how can I help someone else take this journey of faith as well right now with me? Or how can I invite other people in the process? And I think it's going to be really amazing to see what happens as we journey together toward discipleship. God, we just thank you for your love for us. Thank you for your um, scripture that teaches us and informs us and offers guidance and direction. But God, help us to be tempted to, to not be tempted to see this as just simply a matter of learning or knowledge, but God, help us to see it as an opportunity to be your apprentice, to be people that are following you and we're on mission with, with you. Help us to have, God, this great desire in us, this burning desire to, to do exactly what you commanded. Go into all the world. Make disciples. Baptize and teach them to obey all that I've commanded you. And lo, I, the navigator, will be with you. I'll be with you always until the end of the age. In Jesus' name.